Chapter Fifty Four of The Evil Genius. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Evil Genius by Wilkie Collins. Chapter Fifty Four. Let bygones be bygones. When the servant at the lodgings announced a visitor unmentioned his name sydney's memory instead of dwelling on the recollection of the captain's kindness perversely recalled the last letter she had addressed to him and reminded her that she stood in the need of indulgence which even so good a man might hesitate to grant benedict's first words told the friendless girl that her fears had wronged him my dear how like your father you are you have his eyes and his smile i can't tell you how pleasantly you remind me of my dear old friend he took her hand and kissed her as he might have kissed a daughter of his own do you remember me at home sydney when you were a child no you must have been too young for that she was deeply touched in a faint trembling tones she said i remember your name my father often spoke of you a man who feels true sympathy is never in danger of mistaking his way to a woman's heart when that woman has suffered benedict consoled interested charmed sydney by still speaking of the bygone days at home i will remember how fond your father was of you and what a bright little girl you were the captain went on you have forgotten i dare say the old-fashioned sea songs that he used to be so fond of teaching you it was the strangest and prettiest contrast to hear your small piping child's voice singing of storms and shipwrecks and thunder and lightning and reefing sails in the cold and darkness without the least idea of what it all meant your mother was strict in those days you never amused her as you used to amuse your father and me when she caught you searching my pockets for sweetmeats she accused me of destroying your digestion before you were five years old i went on spoiling it for all that the last time i saw you my child your father was singing the mariners of england and you were on his knee trying to sing with him you must have often wondered why you never saw anything more of me did you think i had forgotten you i am quite sure i have never thought that you see i was in the navy at that time the captain resumed we were ordered away to a foreign station when i got back to england miserable news was waiting for me i heard of your father's death and of the shameful trial poor fellow he was as innocent sydney as you are of the offence which he was accused of committing the first thing i did was to set enquiries on the foot after your mother and her children it was some consolation to me to feel that i was rich enough to make your lives easy and agreeable to you i thought money could do anything a serious mistake my dear money couldn't find the widow and her children we supposed you were somewhere in london and there to my great grief it ended from time to time long afterward when we thought we had got the clue in our hands i continued my inquiries still without success a poor woman and a little family are easily engulfed in the big city years passed more of them than i like to reckon up before i heard of you at last by name the person from whom i got my information told me how you were employed and where oh captain bennydeck who could the person have been a poor old broken-down actor sydney you were his favourite pupil 
do you remember him i should be ungrateful indeed if i could forget him he was the only man in the school who was kind to me is the good old man still living no he rests at last i am glad to say i was able to make his last days on earth the happiest days of his life i wonder sydney confessed how you met with him there was nothing at all romantic in my first discovery of him i was reading the police reports in a newspaper the poor wretch was brought before the magistrate charged with breaking a window his one last chance of escaping starvation in the streets was to get sent to the prison the magistrate questioned him and brought to light a really heart-breaking account of misfortune embittered by neglect on the part of the people in authority who were bound to help him he was remanded so that inquiries might be made i attended the court on the day when he appeared there again and heard his statement confirmed i paid his fine and contrived to put him in a way of earning a little money he was very grateful and came now and then to thank me in that way i heard how his troubles had begun he had asked for a small advance on the wretched wages that he received can you guess how the schoolmistress answered him i know but too well how she answered him sydney said i was turned out of the house too and i heard of it the captain replied from the woman herself everything that could distress me she was ready to mention she told me of your mother's second marriage of her miserable death of the poor boy your brother missing and never heard of since but when i asked where you had gone she had nothing more to say she knew nothing and cared nothing about you if i had not become acquainted with mr rander linley i might never have heard of you again we will say no more of that and no more of anything that has happened in the past time from today my dear we begin a new life and please god a happier life have you any plans of your own for the future perhaps if i could find help sydney said resignedly i might emigrate pride wouldn't stand in my way no honest employment would be beneath my notice besides if i went to america i might meet with my brother my dear child after the time that has passed there is no imaginable chance of you meeting with your brother and you wouldn't know each other again if you did meet give up that vain hope and stay here with me be useful and be happy in your own country useful sydney repeated sadly your kind heart captain benedek is deceiving you to be useful means i suppose to help others who will accept help from me i will for one the captain answered you yes you can be of the greatest use to me you shall hear how he told her of the founding of his home and of the good it had done you are the very person he resumed to be the good sister friend i want for my poor girls you can say for them what they cannot always say to me for themselves the tears rose in sydney's eyes it's hard to see such a prospect as that she said and to give it up as soon as it is seen why give it up because i am not fit for it you are as good as a father to those lost daughters of yours if you give them a sister friend she ought to have set them a good example have i done that will they listen to a girl who is no better than themselves gladly your sympathy will find its way to their hearts because it is animated by something that they can all feel in common 
something nearer and dearer to them than a sense of duty you won't consent sydney for their sakes will you do what i ask for you for my sake she looked at him hardly able to understand or as it might have been perhaps afraid to understand him he spoke to her more plainly i have kept it concealed from you he continued for why should i lay my load of suffering on a friend so young as you are so cruelly tried already let me only say that i am in great distress if you were with me my child i might be better able to bear it he held out his hand even a happy woman could hardly have found it in her heart to resist him in silent sympathy and respect sydney kissed the hand that he had offered to her it was the one way in which she could trust herself to answer him still encouraging her to see new hopes and new interests in the future the good captain spoke of the share which she might take in the management of the home if she would like to be his secretary with this view he showed her some of the written reports relating to the institution which had been sent to him during the time of his residence at sydenham she read them with an interest and attention which amply justified his confidence in her capacity these reports he explained to her are kept of reference but as a means of saving time the substance of them is entered in the daily journal of our proceedings come sydney venture on a first experiment in your new character i see pen ink and paper on the table try if you can shorten one of the reports without leaving out anything which is important to know for instance the writer gives reasons for making his statement very well expressed no doubt but we don't want reasons then again he offers his own opinion on the right course to take very creditable to him but i don't want his opinion i want his facts take the pen my secretary and set down his facts never mind his reflections proud and pleased sydney obeyed him she made a little abstract and was reading it to him at his request while he compared it with the report when they were interrupted by a visitor randall linley came in and noticed the papers on the table with a surprise is it possible that i am interrupting business he asked benedick answered with an assumed air of importance which was in itself a compliment to sydney you find me engaged on the business of the house with my new secretary randall at once understood what had happened he took his friend's arm and led him to the other end of the room you good fellow he said add to your kindness my excusing me if i ask for a word with you in private sydney rose to retire after having encouraged her by a word of praise the captain proposed that she should get ready to go out and should accompany him on a visit to the home he opened the door for her as respectfully as if the poor girl had been one of the highest ladies in the land i have seen my friend sarzen randall began and i have persuaded him to trust me with catherine's present address i can send herbert there immediately if you will only help me how can i help you will you allow me to tell my brother that your engagement is broken off benedick shrank from the painful allusion and showed it randall explained i am grieved he said to distress you by referring to this subject again but if my brother is left under the false impression that your engagement will be followed by your marriage he will refuse to intrude himself on the lady who was once his wife the captain understood say what you please about me he replied 
unite the father and the child and you may reconcile the husband and wife have you forgotten randall asked that the marriage has been dissolved benedict's answer ignored the law i remember he said that the marriage has been profaned end of chapter 54 read by lambda